Hey friends, welcome to the You Are You podcast. My name is Jenny Lien, and I'm the writer and artist behind The Yay Project. Come join in as we encourage each other to celebrate our God-given design, pursue our kingdom calling, and most of all, love God 100%. Can't wait to praise God with you. So the startup I'm working on is in the area of emotional health for young women in the church. If you've been a listener of this podcast for a while, this may come as no surprise because it's perhaps the area where God has done the most transformation in my life. God made me emotional. I feel deeply. I love deeply. I express my emotions deeply. And I used to hurt deeply too until I realized how unnecessary it is to overdwell on the negative for Jesus has already paid the price and we can repent, receive his forgiveness, and be cleansed of all unrighteousness as it says in 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. In reality, it's easier said than done to keep this mindset, but it is possible. Even if we need God's reminders regularly. Maybe you're a sensitive deep feeler too. And it's not that we walk around all day, every day with a sensitive open heart and a vibe that radiates feeling feelings, though maybe sometimes, and I think that's cool. We live in this world and we're often encouraged to be rational and scientific in case people think that we're soft or incapable of real work. Or perhaps we ourselves want to hide away what we really feel, never allowing ourselves to share our true thoughts because we don't want to be hurt or rejected, even by brothers and sisters in the church. So just a few scenarios. Whether we're thinking about this every day or have already adopted habits that make us feel safe, I think the overarching theme is our human desire to be loved. And as a woman, like the reason we do these protective things or, or we're open hearted, like whatever angle we come from, like there is this deep human desire to be loved. And as a woman, this can sometimes look very different than a man's desire to be loved. And so this episode is not going to cover like the men are for Mars, women are for Venus perspective to reference that classic dating manual. And this also isn't a, I've walked through this already and I have lots of clear cut learnings to share, but it's more of a, I'm walking through this. I'm seeing others walk through this just in the world. There are always women going through this. And if you're walking through this right now, I hope that this honest, this is how I'm seeking God about this right now episode will encourage us both to seek and continuously seek God in our hopes for romantic love. So to be honest, for the first quarter of this year, I felt really solid in my singleness. Friends, it's been four years, four entire years since I've been in a relationship or frankly, even felt chemistry with someone. It's definitely been the longest I've been single in my entire life, and it's also the first time that I've been doing my best to take God at his word in terms of what he says about romantic love. Song of Songs 8-4, women of Jerusalem, make me a promise. Don't stir up love. Don't wake it up until it's ready. Ephesians 5-3. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Philippians 4, 6, 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. These four years have been a journey. There were many habits that I needed to unlearn from past relationships, and God has been carefully pruning me in various ways, some of which have been documented in past podcast episodes. But probably for the first three years, I wasn't that happy with this state. I mean, I knew it was healthy for me. I was happy to do the work God wanted me to do. But year one turned into year two and then year three. And I realized again, probably many times over, that God's timing is God's timing. No amount of pleading or complaining to him was going to change the fact that if it wasn't his time to bring love and marriage into my life, then it just wasn't going to happen. And that alone, that attitude alone is countercultural, right? I've mentioned that in this business school season of life, the majority of my friends are classmates who are largely not Christian, and I love them dearly. We spend almost every day together learning and working together, and we've seen each other through many ups and downs and stages, which has brought up conversations about dating and love. The attitude of waiting on God for marriage, not using apps, putting God before the desire for a relationship, not you know, being physical can seem totally crazy to some people, especially someone who doesn't believe God exists. A reminder for why being plugged into community with trusted peers and mentors is so key. Community is such a blessing in this walk with God. None of us are meant to do life alone because we need to be reminded of the truth. Small digression. <laughs> but back to these years of singleness, like eventually I got to a point earlier this year when for whatever reason, I'd be constantly having this dialogue with God in my head, like as I was walking from the bus stop, as I was walking to the bathroom, just it would just come into my head. And I think, God, I really think that if it's not your will for me to be married, I'll be okay. I know you're better. I know Jesus is coming back soon. I know life on earth in light of eternity is short. I know what Paul says about being able to focus on your work better as a single person. I really think that I would be okay. But ideally, if you're asking me what I want, I definitely want a family. I want a man who I love, who is some combination of Paul meets David, smart, confident, a warrior, sensitive, good with words, wholly devoted to you. But if not, I'll be okay. Have you ever had a dialogue like this? <laughs> so I don't know why this was constantly coming to mind or why I had so many largely one-way chats with God about this, but I did. I felt like I was good. And like 1 Corinthians 7, 9 came to mind sometimes. But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn with lust. But honestly, in the very long absence of being attracted to anyone after being used to doing life when there was always some sort of romantic pursuit and chemistry in my life, it didn't feel that hard and I was busy with other things in my life. And then the testing began and I won't list all the ways that I've been feeling tested, perhaps a future episode, but I hope that sharing a section of my journey will just help someone going through a similar stage right now. So honestly, I think my heart started being stirred towards romantic love again when I started noticing some beautiful God-focused poetry on Instagram, and my heart started to think, okay, yeah, God, that's how I feel too. 
And so I've been following London-based Christian Instapoet Devona Fayana for a few years now, and I really admire how over the past little while, she's become more and more honest and outspoken about her deep desire for love and marriage and how she's really trying to trust God in this area, but it feels really, really, really hard. And while all of her poetry is beautiful, I think the one line that stood out to me contained the line, I want to get married, not because I'm lonely, but because I desire to experience the most beautiful and intimate form of human love. And it's true, right? Like besides our relationships with God, romantic love, like God designed it to be so special and intimate and marriage is a reflection of our covenant with him. Not every Christian woman wants to get married, but if you do, and if this line hits you too, like, yes, God, this is how I'm feeling. I'm not idolizing. I'm really trying not to idolize marriage, not giving it more attention than it needs right now. But if you want the truth, this is still what I want. And just, I think Devon is so brave to be so publicly honest, because I think even if you feel this, you don't necessarily want people to know you feel this, and you don't really want to write it and share it and broadcast it to the world. And like, what if your future husband sees it and all this stuff? But she is bold and God is using her because, you know, even within the church, I think women can still be ashamed to admit this desire. I remember in the past, I remember being placed in a new accountability group within my small group. And so there were some people in it that I already knew well and trusted. And there were some new people, but of course, to build, you know, build connection with each other, we were encouraged to share honestly, even with new people and support one another. And there was one day where I brought up wanting prayer for my future husband. And I felt quite excited because I finally had the courage to ask for prayer in this area. And honestly, I felt quite judged. There were comments that, oh, like, you know, they didn't feel the need to pray for this themselves or comments from people who like meant well, but their experience was that they prayed for marriage. And then three years later, three years, three months later, they met their husband or they met their husband really young and they just didn't have that same desire or that same understanding of what it is to go through a long singleness journey, especially when you're in your late 20s or 30s or 40s. And in the research for my startup, I also came across a Lifeway study that mentioned some churches are paying more attention to this because there are more and more singles in their church, more and more over 30 who have a lack of programming. And this is super awesome, but still not that common. And often if there is this support offered in the church, it can have a stigma attached that, you know, whether you're 16 or 46 or whatever, you're just really desperate to find someone. And sometimes there's truth to this, but sometimes it'd be oftentimes there's not. But I think just waiting on God for answered prayer is never easy because there are definitely days where no matter how much you love God and how much you're trying to live out his truth. There are days when we get really tired of waiting, when holding on to hope seems hard, when it's so upsetting to see that so many women we know in real life and online, you know, maybe you knew 12 people that were single when you became single again. And just over time, you've seen them walking in their promise and you see beautiful testimonies of healing from bad relationships to meeting and dating and marrying their husband and experiencing the blessings and them serving together now and having multiple children and building their homes and so on. And we're happy for them. It's just why God has it not happened for us yet. And then 
let us be honest about the reality of how sometimes even when we think we're happily single, you meet someone who's wonderful and they think you're wonderful. And, you know, they say they've been looking for someone exactly like you and you're perfect, but they don't love God. And again, we have a choice and sometimes we make it cleanly and other times it gets a little messy. But ultimately, whether we meet someone who is Christian or not Christian, when we start to feel that desire and that chemistry and this desire for love is getting stirred up again, you know, it, it all comes back to our desire to be loved and God made us for love. God sent Jesus to come to earth to redeem us because of love. God wants us to love one another because of his love. Like God knows our deep desire for love and he knows what healthy lasting love looks like. He knows what his order for love is, and it can be so tempting to fall for or even give up. It can be so tempting to fall for counterfeits and despite verses and teachings and other avenues that God is using to remind us of his truth, it can feel so hard to give up our ways and wait for him when counterfeits feel and look shiny. But friends, counterfeits will never satisfy God's ways are best. And if we want his best, then I don't really think we have any other choice but to live according to his ways because we know God is God. He's real. He's good. He loves you and he knows you. And may we just remind each other of this truth that no matter what, okay, Lord, help us to surrender. So to end this episode, I want to read one of Devona's poems in hopes that any woman who feels like her prayers for marriage are unrealistic or childish or a bit embarrassing because they're too waiting for my prince and wonders if she should set her sights slower and settle. If you've been thinking any of these thoughts, I pray this poem of hers reminds you that God knows how he made you. He knows every desire in your heart. He wants you to bring your full self to him and let him protect and guide you. So Devona writes, as a feminine woman, your heart is naturally inclined to desire the beautiful experience of true love and belonging. The world may overlook your desires for a loving husband, but your heavenly father truly does not, for he hears your soul crying out to be adored, embraced, and admired by the sweetest man whose intentions towards you are pure and true. God sees those rivers of tears soaked upon your pillowcase, and he cares about your heart and mind that feels empty. After all these years of losing the words to pray, though it's important for you to know, sweet soul, how dearly God wants to relieve you of this suffering. Suppressing your feminine desires is not an option, for they are planted lovingly within you for a reason. This is your time, beautiful one, to let go of all that you see. Every formula, every care, and every concern. The picture-perfect posts on social media. The comparison, the hope deferred. To now bring your heart completely fixed upon God. For he does not desire for your dreams to be swayed, merely by feelings of comparison or the duration of the wait. You are a woman worthy of love, rich in value, whom God has devoted himself to care for. You carry a feminine spirit that overflows with loveliness and worth. It is not good for man to be alone, for two are better than one, and your heavenly Father can see the abundance of love that is so ready to pour out into the man that you are waiting for. 
Rest in the Lord, sweet soul, and allow him to restore the barren places within your life, that they may bloom as beautiful as spring. Rich is the garden of Eden, not lacking anything, for he is your shepherd and your devoted father who supplies your every need out of the fullness of his grace. So right now for anyone who's listening and feels like, yeah, I'm with you, I'm with her, I'm with so many women all over the world, and I need some support to wait on God in this area for God's best, may I pray for us and ask, Father God, how blessed we are to be yours. We are so grateful for your kindness and mercy and open arms. Will you grant us strength and wisdom, supernatural support to see our situations clearly as well as our identity clearly? Help us with our emotional health in this area. Give us tools so we can learn to be emotionally healthy. We are your daughters and know you only have good things for us. And right now in our situations, you can do a new thing. You can right our wrongs. You can awaken dry bones. You can give us fresh hope. I pray we all have beautiful community and that you open our eyes to what this looks like, who we can rely on, and also bring people into our lives who have walked this journey and can encourage us. We really need you and thank you for all we know you are doing, even if we can't see it yet. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Love you guys, and until next time. Thank you for listening to the You Are You podcast. For podcast updates, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow at Yay Podcast on Instagram. For daily reflections and art, follow at the.yay.project on Instagram. Sending you lots of love and let's praise God together again next time.